This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. Now here's a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, this is Patty, Queen of the South. I just wanted to take a second to let y'all know how much Schedulicity has truly changed my life. Not only does it keep my clients involved and informed with everything going on through texts and emails, it also allows me to take payment using the app at a lower fee cost than any other app I've ever used. And As a family and a business, Schedulicity is truly there for you and really goes out of their way to make sure that you have exactly what you need to be successful as a business owner. And I mean, it just, it's beautiful energy, y'all. It's so nice to be around people who kind of get it, you know? And for that reason, I'm so grateful for Schedulicity and everything that they continue to do for me and my business. So if y'all have a second today, check out Schedulicity. Love and light, y'all. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Of course, I'm sitting with my boy, Tony. What up, dog? What's going on, brother? Chilling, man. I'm uh, excited about today. Uh, once again, we have a big, big artist on our uh, on the podcast. Yeah, it's kind of a, a happy, sad type situation because uh, we, we've been wanting to do our guests live for so long, and then, but of course, nothing's live. Yeah, nothing's live. So uh, so our, our, our guest today, he... Uh, um, People have heard us talk about uh, Sharon and the risers over at the temple. So he, he's a regular guest over there. He's a regular educator over there. So uh, we, we've always wanted to kind of either do it there or we've talked during li- we've talked during um, hair shows and stuff and we wanted to do it live there. But, you know, whatever, you know, this, we'll, we'll this, settle for this. We'll, we'll settle for this. Yeah, this is this, not much of a settle, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll settle for this. Yeah, but I'd rather slap fives. You know I, would, I would much rather <laughs> slap five. You know what I can't wait for? I can't wait for like the slap five and the like one handed hug, you know, and that that like bring it in, bring it in kind of feeling. You know, I can't wait for that. Um, we, I haven't had that since uh, since March. If, you know, if you're not in my family, I haven't gotten that. Uh, oh, you saying I don't count, brother? I don't know. Have we even hugged it out since since March? I probably think probably not. once or twice. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, of course you count. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I can't wait for that. I can't wait for us just to feel open and free enough to do that kind of stuff. Right. You know, in there. So uh, when I talked about big artists, bro, this might be the biggest artist we've ever had. Because if if you go to the hair shows, you know he is a, uh, I would say heads above everybody else, but he is uh, definitely like shoulders and above. Yeah, he, yeah, especially for me. You're taller than I am. You know what I, mean? <laughs> right. like, I might be hitting his like clavicle or something, right? I'm like, I know. I mean, my first question is, how, well, 
we'll get into it. So our, our guest today is John Mosley, uh, more popularly known as the popular nobody. And I, I think one of the first questions I'm going to ask is how in the heck he came up with that, uh, with that, with that Instagram uh, handle as the popular nobody. But so if you've ever been to like a hair show or if you've ever kind of like been to any of these live events and John's in the room, you can't miss him because the dude is like, I was going to say heads above everybody, but he's like his shoulders are above everybody in the room. You, you cannot miss him in a crowded room. Right. Well, come on. Shall Enough about it? you and I. Yeah, let's let's bring this dude in let's, and uh, let's have a conversation, man. So, Mr. John Mosley, the popular nobody, and yes, I want to know how you uh, how you got that name. Uh, welcome to your day off, man. Man, I'm glad I'm glad to even just have a day off. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? We're doing awesome. really great. Yeah, man. This has kind of been uh, in, in the makings for a while. Uh, but you know, like when I said we settle, it wasn't settling to to have them on. It was more or less settling to do it via Zoom. Yeah, d- settling not doing it live. Right. Yeah. yeah without that, without without slapping fives. But anyways, hey, John, where are you from? Where did you grow up? So man, I grew up in California, a city called Lakewood. It's right next to Long Beach, California. Um, that's where that's where I grew up at, man. I went to junior high school and and elementary school in Long Beach. And then in high school, I switched it and went to Lakewood High School. And uh, that's and when I started my barbering career, I started in Long Beach. So that's where I'm. That's where I'm at. That's where I was raised. And now I I shifted. I'm no, no longer in California. Now I'm in Texas. Uh, what, what part? Everybody's of Texas? going to Texas. <laughs> Tell me you're in Austin. I'm in Dallas. Not close enough, right? Austin is a little too weird for me, bro. <laughs> weird how? That that's the mantra of the city. Keep Austin weird. Like the people thrive in keeping it weird. I don't know why, but hey. Isn't Matthew McConaughey from there? Isn't that where he's from? I heard he don't wear deodorant. I don't know if that's true or not. I, you know what? I've heard case, that same story. That's weird. That is weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> there, well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Right. Touche. What, what part like, Go ahead. It got to be true, man. Two people done heard the same thing, and I got it from somebody else. So, hey. <laughs> hey and, 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 and the best part is I heard firsthand. It wasn't like through a rumor. Like, I, I heard it uh, firsthand through uh, through something. We'll talk later about who I heard it from. But, um, but yeah, I definitely heard that firsthand. What what brought you to Dallas? Uh, just a different opportunity, bro. Like, a different lifestyle, different everything. And then that's my, my girlfriend at the time lived there, and now my wife, you know. And so it was... To, in order to become a better father, husband, and business owner, you got to sometimes change your environment. And so for me, that's what it was. I just needed to get out of California. I started to feel like the fish in the fish tank, and I couldn't grow anymore. It was while I was running out of oxygen, space in the tank wasn't, there wasn't enough room. I had to turn into a shark. <laughs> I love that. So how did you even find the barbering world or the hair world in general? Is this something that... You know, did you have family in it or something that you always knew you wanted to do? Or? Um, so it's ironic. My whole family is in the beauty industry. A lot of people don't know this, but my mother, Doris Mosley, she's been in the industry for 40 plus years. My sister, Lily, 20 plus years. Um, my sister, Anne, she's right there, I think about 10, 15. No, she's 20 plus. And, and then myself, I'm 20 plus now. So. You know, it is just a family business, man. And, and I try to tell people all the time, the best ROI is family business. You get to hang out with your family and talk shop, talk business and 
come become innovative in, in your thought process in this. So that's how I really I didn't want to do it though. I was playing college football. I just got tired of getting hit by grown men for free and I was trying to find a way to drop out of college. And <laughs> I fucking dropped out. Anyways, right? Were, were, yeah. Were, were you doing like uh were you doing haircuts in the in the uh in the uh, locker rooms and stuff? Hell no, I never wanted to do hair in my life. Never. I never wanted to do hair because that was like my punishment as a kid growing up was having to go to my mom's salon and sit there on the weekends while the, while the homies was out playing and having fun. And so for me, it was kind of like, I don't ever want to touch hair, do hair, be around hair no more. And then I was like, well, I got a scapegoat. <laughs> and it was hair. <laughs> so when you got out of, so that was like, that was your shift? Like, so went from college football, college football to, to, to a barbershop? Yeah, that was literally the shift. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's 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 crazy, but it's kind of cool, right? So, is it? I, I don't know. Like, because obviously, your sister and your mom are doing hair, right? And, uh, cosmetology, and you're, you know, you went to barber. Or do you do it all as well? Do you have a cosmetology license, or, or are you strictly just a barber? I'm strictly just a barber, but I understand the concept around cosmetology and how they do things and see shapes and understand that. So for me as an educator, I had to learn their language in order to be able to teach to the masses. And that's that's how I locked in. So I get the concept and whatever I don't know, I have the people around me that I can ask those questions to and, and get clarity. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's really clear. How did, how did you uh, how did you become an educator? Uh so it's funny you story. Be, you don't want to be an educator either, did you? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> the the accidental educator. Um, actually, so my mom is a hell of an educator, and so she threw me up on stage when I was in barber college and just had me teach, and and then I kind of fell in love with it, and I started like going around to the junior colleges and the city colleges and giving up free men's cutting classes just around the city. And then it grew. And then one day Paul Mitchell called me and said that they heard about me and they would like me to come in and do a men's guest artist spot. And I did that. And then boom, it took off from there. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that's, was it more or less the, just being in front of everybody or changing lives or impacting people's lives? Um, I think for me, it's always been impacting people. Being able to impact people, like, you know, um, being on front of being on stages and stuff like that. Yeah, it's entertaining and I got stories and I like to have fun on stage. But I think the the way that I can impact somebody's life is totally different. And so that's what I get it around. I think people forget that we're in the people business. And so I, I know what I'm in. I'm in people business. And so if I can make people happy, if I can make people walk away from my class laughing and learning. I did my job. Yeah. Preach. It, it, that kind of reminds me of a quote on Ray Kroc, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the owner and the founder, I don't know if he's a founder, but the owner of McDonald's, um, he was once quoted, he was talking to like a, a business class and he said, you know, what business am I in? And everybody's like, Oh, you're in the restaurant business or you're in the hamburger business or you're in this and you're that. He goes, no, he goes, I'm in the real estate business. Cause I own all the real estate on the best corners in America. And I thought, yeah, that, that's pretty, that's pretty, 
pretty genius there, Mr. Raycroft. You know, you're not the hamburger guy. You are the real estate guy. And think about it. Like, wherever he's set up is like prime real estate, right? He creates prime real estate. If there's a McDonald's there, now it becomes prime real estate. People people want to build around him. And I think that's what Burger King did. I think that their business model was the opposite. Go find a McDonald's and build across the street. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, could, I could agree with you on that one. <laughs> I, I want to give, like, uh, like, Paul Mitchell, like, education a shout-out because, you know, to give you that opportunity, your story reminds me very much of like Rory's story because Rory was was uh we had him on the podcast a couple months ago and same kind of thing Paul Mitchell called him and said or Paul Mitchell you know a uh, school called him and said hey you know we we we, we like what you do and, and he did it and then it changed his whole his whole career as well um yeah it's, it's definitely um I, I did a few guest artist spots and they wanted to start their barbering program and so they they brought me back in for an interview I of course I had to take a drug test and uh <laughs> Obviously, I passed. Uh, Obviously, yeah, right. And then uh, I got in there and started teaching. And they asked me to, you know, be featured on their DVD. So I did that. And then they asked me to look over the curriculum, and I looked over the curriculum and and rewrote a lot of it and gave my thoughts and ideas and uh, put my put the pen to the paper, which to me was a career uh, gamble because I've never done something like that before. But I knew I could do it because I had the mindset. I knew that it was a challenge that I was willing to take. That's awesome. But you also knew if you didn't pass, you'd be sitting in your mom's salon again. What? Sweeping hair. Hey, probably. <laughs> probably, bro. Uh, wasn't that much of a gamble there. Shout it? out to mom. Right, <laughs> for real. So sometimes you got to take risks like that because you don't necessarily know, you know, it, you know, you, you can take that risk and if it doesn't become what you think it's going to become, you know what I mean? You, you'll look back like, wow, three, four years, five years gone by, and they haven't really um, gone anywhere. Or you take that risk, and you know what? The outcome can be so much greater and farther than I even thought it could be. So taking risks is good, especially uh, with uh, big companies like that. I'm a risk taker. I'm a risk taker. Not to anybody. If you're not willing to sacrifice and take risks, you really don't want to. You really don't want what you say you want because that's what it takes. It takes sacrifice to take the risk, and and but then also too, what you're doing is betting on yourself. You're basically telling yourself like I, I refuse to lose to me. Like the only person I could lose to is me. And so, you know, for for me, it was like I knew I had to take this gamble. I knew I had to take this risk because I knew where I wanted to go in this industry. That's it, man. Right. The Navy SEALs have a have, have I'm gonna go with another quote. The Navy SEALs have a quote. If you want to overtake an island, burn the burn the boats, right? Burn your escape route. Then you're forced to overtake the take the uh, there's no there's no retreat, right? You have yeah. to go over. I don't know if I'm burning. I don't know if I'm gonna burn my boat though. But, uh... <laughs> you just don't want uh, that enough, John. Uh, I, I, I might want to leave. Right. <laughs> what if I take over one and then I can't get off to go get another one? Like, that's, that's not good scaling. Right. <laughs> it's not good scaling. You're absolutely correct. That is so funny. So, so as as you take over or you help create, uh, you know, I guess education or barbering. What is, what inspires you? What what influences you? Where do you kind of pull from? Uh, honestly, I'm so 
normal and random, bro. I, I live a simple life and, and my family uh, is what kind of influenced me. The people around me that I keep, you know, uh, me and my mom, we all, we speak and we always pour like game into each other. Like I'm the young game, she's the old game, you know? And so I've been out in California for almost two weeks now, just hanging out at the house with my mom, preparing for a photo shoot. And, you know, one day we was talking while I was here and she goes, son, you know, there's Valley friends and there's mountaintop friends. And so I think for me, I've been able to keep my Valley friends closer than my mountaintop friends. And, and and just being true to who I always been and giving back and helping people. So to, for me to see somebody else um, come to me for guidance and I'll be able to help them and watch them flourish, to me, that's what kind of inspires me. That's what motivates me is just to keep seeing that I can give, uh, as this tree grows, the branches still provide shade for other people. Mm. I love that. That's, that's deep. That is deep. You know, and, and so many of us, you know, we, we when we get hungry, when we want to pull off an apple off the tree and eat it, right? And, uh, but John's here, he's he's planting seeds so he can feed others when they get hungry. And just, uh, Corey and I, we started this podcast because we have a very similar heart to you where we just want to, it's kind of, we love the industry. We want to pour back out into the industry and give back. And that's you know, obviously that's what you're doing. You know what I mean? It, you see in other people, if you can help one person, it gives you enough strength and drive to go to the next mile to help the other person. And were you raised that way? Did your mom pour into you that way? Was she, I mean, that's, that's, it takes a special person to be able to do that. And to be honest, my whole, my whole life, people poured into me. You know, they always, people always told me I was going to be great. People always pushed me. Man, I tap dance as a kid. I played the trumpet. I played the piano. I knew how to cook. I was selling sweet potato pies and barbecue dinners when I was like in junior high school. So people always supported and poured into me. And so I think I understood the concept of, man, that's, that's part of being in the people business. Is, you know, some people don't monetarily pay you, but they pay you in other ways. And support is more important than anything else. Yeah. And I, cause I, I'm with you because, you know, my children, when they were little, I always took them to like, whether, whether it's a rescue mission or, uh, you know, a, a soup kitchen or something to always kind of like pour back into people or, you know, with the rescue mission was, was great because we would cook for all these men that either just got out of prison or, you know, they're, you know, these out of rehab or something, and now they're getting their lives back together. And, we, you know, we would supply uh, dinner for them uh, once a month, and we would sit down and break bread with them and understand and, uh, you know, have a chance to have conversation with these guys. And so it, it's very, you know, I always thought it was important to try to pour into my kids how important it is to, to be able to do stuff like that because so many, you know, kids, I'm speaking inside my family, that all they do is they, they want, 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 you know what I mean? It's all about me. It's all about me. And, uh, you know, I try to not have that instilled in my kids. Yeah. No, it's, it's the same, man. I, I, I teach my kids the same thing. You give more than you take, Like, You know, um, you can't, you can never keep getting deposited without making withdrawals, you know, and you got to always withdraw and deposit into others. So, you know, people think the planting the seed is the most important part, but the, the most important part is the seed thrower. 
right? Mm. I love that. Yeah, that's really good. I'm gonna steal that one. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Take it. How many kids you got? Uh, I, that I, I I ejected out of me three. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh I have a bonus I have a few bonus daughters. I have a bonus daughter and then I have uh bonus kids from a previous marriage. So they all I took care of them when I was with the mother and so and with my wife now I take care of my daughter Mook like she's mine. So to me they all my my kids, man. Uh, that's awesome to hear. That, that's the right thing to do, right? A hundred percent. Touch yeah, just, touch. I, I think people forget dog, just because you and the mom don't work out necessarily like the kid didn't have nothing to do with what you and the mom had to go through. So if you was in that kid life, majority of their life, why turn your back on that kid now just because you and the mother don't see eye to eye? I think that's bullshit. Dude, I respect that wholeheartedly. Man. Yeah. Total respect for that. Completely, because, you know, you kind of, a lot of times in those situations, you just want to forget that entire thing, especially, like, when you don't have, like, any, like, literal blood in the game, right? Like, I can forget about that, but, you know, that's a that that's also an adult that you're raising, and that's also um, a, a person that you're raising um, as well. So so it is important that that they know some kind of structure, and, and, and listen, I mean, at the end of the day, what's important is that is that we maintain um, positive role modeling, you know, and positive role modeling is to be there when you've been there. Hey John, um, next time I see you, uh, you gonna tap dance for me? Nah, bro, that them, them days is over. <laughs> Come on, John. Hey, listen, Man. if you listen to this podcast and you ever see John at a show, ask him if he'll tap dance because uh, hey, listen, I don't want to see him do it. How John about can't tap. Uh, I'm still with that. I, I barbecue all the time, bro. No, I had a barbecue competition team, so we like at a, at a show we need to because. Uh, yeah, we'll get Solo Grill involved, and uh, maybe we'll, like, go outside and uh, we'll host a little, uh, some, yeah, some barbecue. We'll, we'll film it and call it content and put that shit out, man. Like, I'm down. All right. I love, bro, I, I love cooking, bro. My, like, Sunday is my cook day at the crib. Like, I'm salmon, smoking pork chops. I'm smoking ribs. I'm, uh, whatever. I'm I'm down. With you, man. Oh, I, I even, have you ever had smoked boiled eggs? Nah, no, I'm intrigued. Okay. Do you smoke them in, in in the shell still whole? Smoke them in the shell still whole. Are they good? They must be because you're talking about it. Phenomenal. Real. All right, I'm gonna be. You'll thank me later. All right, I'm gonna do it this weekend. You'll thank me later. So, any tricks or tips that? Just smoke them. All right. For how and, long? And you, uh, I I gotta think probably about thirty minutes because it's not like intense heat but boy when i'm telling you after you eat like make smoked potato salad with it oh my goodness whole different whole different conversation uh smoke deviled eggs whole different conversation uh, all right i'm down, down. yeah i'm yeah. down you right. gotta let me know you gotta bring me one next week all right. when you come over yeah, yeah. i will yeah. like <laughs> i said you'll thank me later bro all right. I I'm going to be calling up Jay John, man. What else you got on your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you guys definitely have to film it because we definitely uh, will put up some content with it. Yeah. Yeah. Smoking with smoking with popular nobody. Well, that might have a whole nother. Uh... <laughs> he might lose his job at, uh, at Paul Mitchell. Right. <laughs> I love it. Hey, uh, all right, John, how'd you, how'd you come up with the name Popular Nobody? It wasn't even me. To be honest, uh, it was my boy. And one day he was, you know, I've always been quiet. 
Like, if you notice me, and even at shows, I'm quiet. Like, I just do what I do and not. If people come up and talk to me, I talk, you know, but I'm not, like, I just, I'm just laid back. I should say not quiet. I'm just laid back. And I started out with the Barber JM. And I was like, damn, I'm putting myself in a box. And one day my boy was like, dude, your work is everywhere. He was like, you, you know, photo shoots and this and that. And nobody knows it's you. He was like, you're kind of like a popular nobody. <laughs> and then that's what we stuck with. Boom. Oh, that's cool. I love that, man. Organic. It was organic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. And, 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 and now you're living it. It's all over the post. It wasn't forced. Yeah. No, nah, I wasn't forced at all. Yeah, you no, I'm just chilling. Off, I want to go back to the barbecue. <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean, we can we we can stay there a little bit. So, uh, so, so, John, what's your what's your specialty other than uh, smoked eggs? Uh, man, I, honestly, anything that I could put on the grill, like I do smoked oxtails, um, anything, bro. You can do a smoked meatloaf. Like I'm just I'm just into the kitchen, like. I, it, it takes me away from hair. It gives me an opportunity just to relax and chill and just create in another way. All right, once, once we get back live, we we will definitely cook at a show, okay? Well, heck, I'm we, we could do it right here. We could do it at the, at the uh, next time he's at the uh, temple. Yeah. Right, right, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to Sharon. We'll, we'll set up in the bank parking lot there and uh, let you guys uh, cook. Man, all right. A mean, a mean brats worth, like all kind of stuff, where. I got my cousin. My cousin's building me. A, it's about four foot wide, about four feet tall. A uh, rotisserie, all like either all wood, charcoal, rotisserie smoker. Damn. Yeah. Sorry. So in my in my backyard, I have a smoker. I have a charcoal pit. I have a gas pit, and I have a hibachi table. Oh. A hibachi Wait. grill, I should say. Do, do Do you have real heat or do you have a Traeger? Do you have a? Uh, a... No, no, man. I'm. Uh, I want I want the real stuff. Yeah. Give me the pecan wood. Give me the cherry wood. The wood, not the pellets. Only pellets is for rabbits. <laughs> and it looks like it. <laughs> oh, he's in Texas too. So yeah, do you do mesquite? Everything, bro. Hickory, mesquite, pecan. All right. So I have it all set up, man. I'll have I'll have real wood. I have it all. Yeah, when we get off, we when we get off, we're gonna have to figure out when you're in town again, John. Yep. We'll, 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 we'll make we'll make some. Uh, I did. Uh, fun. Have you ever watched the Pitmaster show? Always. All right. So you know who uh, Tuffy and Myron is, right? Mm-hmm. So I spent a week down at Myron's house uh, cooking. Uh, wow, back in like 2014. Anyways, so we did a uh, um, a uh, competition in uh, right outside of Baltimore, uh, and it's called Bel Air. And it was about 80 teams. Tuffy was there. Myron was there. And uh, it's probably my biggest accomplishment ever. We took first place in brisket, and Tuffy took second. I was like, yeah, so I was like, you know, that that was probably the highlight of my life. I was like. See, I'm not a a brisket eater, so I don't cook brisket. Um, But, boy, like I said, if you haven't had smoked oxtails, (laughs) Dude, you are hey, missing. Come, come, we'll get come, together. You give me a list of all the stuff you want me to pick up, and we'll cook it together. <laughs> Let's go. All right, I'm down. So if you're listening to the podcast, you know, hopefully you're local, so you, we can uh, we can pull out a couple grills and uh, and feed some people. Yep. Yeah, we we could throw out some plates. There you go. Hey, you know what though? And I'm being for real. Like, isn't the mission right there? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So right the mission the that you cook for is right down the street from. May, may, maybe we could cook. Maybe we could do. You down, John? I'm down. Four flights on the Cadillac, baby. <laughs> so maybe we could arrange it with the mission, or we could have Sharon arrange it with the mission, and uh, and and we could feed some folks. Yeah. What do you think? I think I'm all in. All right. That's cool. it. I'm sure Sharon is. I know she'll eat. Yep. You know she likes to eat well too. <laughs> her, her Instagram isn't like uh, isn't at McDonald's, you know. So John, what what are your biggest like? Do you, do you have like pillars that you live by, or, or pillars that you try to that you that you try to pay forward um, in your classes, or, or 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 give me some insight. Let, let's get into the brand a little bit and, and, and yeah, exactly. Uh, really, always remain a popular nobody while staying humble and hungry. You know, when you're humble, everybody want to work with you. When you're hungry, you don't go find it. You don't go hunt for yourself and you don't make things happen. So I think that's the biggest one. And then um, just knowing and understanding that you can't take life too serious and, you know, laugh. Like work your zygomatic muscle, you know what I mean? And just laugh and, and breathe, breathe life into people. Like that's one of my things. And I love just having fun with people, love talking crap. I love like, I bring shop, barbershop life, whatever image that was in everybody else's world that never really entered. I bring that everywhere I go. So I like when I'm at a restaurant, I talk to a waiter or a waitress, I'm engaging with them and I, I'm having fun with them and making them, you know, because so many people, they go through days where they, they get yelled at for shit that ain't even their fault. Think about an airplane attendant. Like she trying to check a ticket, the flight get delayed and they get the blunt of the, of the force of, people just nailing them. So I try not to be that guy. I try to just always respect people. Um, I try to always show people grace and I always try to, you know, hold myself accountable for my actions and, and my reactions. Mm, yeah. Grace and mercy, baby. That's uh, I mean, that, that's certainly like been, you know, part of, part of our practice, I should say, you know, is, is just to give that grace and to, and to, but the most important thing that people don't like to do is to hold themselves accountable to it. You know, like, like if you messed up, like how do you rectify the mess up? You know, um, Man, you just gotta, you gotta look at yourself and ask yourself, was, was it worth it? Or do you want to do better? And how can you do better? And that's the, the once you find those answers within yourself, that's shit. That's what you do and keep working. Yeah, and, and and if you did mess up or you did fail, learn from it. You know what I mean? That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, the learn that's the that that's the deal, right? Learn from it and, and, and keep moving forward. Um, yeah. Hey, is it um when you when you uh is it is it harder when you're educating like uh like veterans or is it or or is it harder when you're educating like the youngins at uh at, at like the Paul Mitchell uh, schools? Uh, to me, education is not hard because it's just my testimony. Is what I've been through. Is what I've learned. So, um, for me personally, I don't care who I'm teaching. If it's a, a group of people that's been in the industry for years, hopefully, I could have them walk out of there with a changed perspective on something that they might have done before, or a habit they created, or maybe it's a new technique I show, or just let them know, like we're all human. Right? You know, yeah, we all need to grow still. Like I'm up here educating a room full of stylists that have been in the industry 20 plus years, but Hey, it's okay. We all, we're all teachers and we're all learners every day. And then when it comes to the students, I hear my classes different. I talk to them a little bit more about life and I talk to them a little bit about the mindset that it takes to be able to be successful 
in this industry more so than I show them my haircutting ability. Mm. And that's tight, man. Because it, it, that's thoughtful thinking. You know what I mean? That's thoughtful. You already know that, that you know, hey, these, these guys, they've been in, in it for a while. You know what I mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share me and hopefully something in me that they'll see that might be a little different than what they've, they've, they've uh, kind of created or, you know, made habits. And, uh, yeah. and if not, cool. You know what I mean? We're, that's, that's cool too. Yeah. You know, some people, if I start, you know, five star hotels and everything, not for everybody. So sometimes the information that people give out might be too five star and people can't receive that. So, um, I always just try to dumb it down and, and I, I dumb it down to whoever I'm speaking to. I need everybody to understand it. Right. That's pretty cool. Hey, uh, so, uh, Rumor has it that uh that, that you may or may not have been responsible for uh Bryce Harper's um uh Mohawk a couple years ago. Do do, um, do, do you want to confirm <laughs> or deny? I was part of the the awesome trio of barbers that got to put our hands on Bryce Harper's Mohawk. <laughs> and he was that is a confirmed. He was with the was, Nationals, right? He was with the Nats. So shout out all the Nats, Gio Gonzalez, former Nats, Gio, Danny, Ian. Denard, uh, Bryce, all those guys. Yeah, we miss all those guys, man, because, you know, here we are in D.C., and uh, none of those guys are with the team anymore. Yeah, but uh, when Bryce did leave, we did win a World Series. Yeah, that may have happened, John. That may have happened. Hey, <laughs> y'all got to take that up with him. <laughs> no, I just want to thank him. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Actually, you know what? The, the truth is, is, is as much crap as Bryce takes – when um when when the Nats finally did win the uh, World Series, Bryce was like, I thought he was super cool about it, you know. And 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 they try to they try to you know people try to put pressure on like they want it without you. And he's like, man, I'm just happy for my friends. Those are my friends that just won the World Series, you know. So I'm just happy for them. You know what it is, and and I asked um, Danny on my podcast when I interviewed him. I asked him, I said, Hey, Danny, what was it like playing against Mike Trout, playing with Mike Trout, and playing with? Bryce Harper, like two different type of baseball players. And he goes, well, Bryce, the difference between Bryce is that he had a target on his back from day one. Like, and he had to embrace being the villain at such a young age where Mike Trout came in, that target wasn't as bad on him as it was on Bryce. It wasn't like, you know, Mike Trout was on the cover of all these sports illustrated and all of this as a 14 year old going up. And coming in at 18 and you just making millions of dollars. He was like, so, you know, Bryce, that's the difference. Like Mike Trout, you'll never see really like how generous this guy really is and what he does for the team. Where Bryce just had to accept this villain role, even though he might have not been a villain. Right. Oh, wow. That's a really good point, actually. You know, because Bryce didn't have. But at the same time, though, I mean, he asked for a lot of that attention, too, right? I mean, hence the Mohawks. Yeah, the bat flips, uh, the yeah. bat flips, the Mohawks, the the taunting after he just roped one. Yeah. Like, yeah, you kind of ask for it, but at the same time, it's like. But you know what, John? A, hold on. Let's not forget that he's 18, right? Like, if right, I, he's I, a like, kid. at 18, like, it'd be, people wouldn't think the same, I hope, about me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's a, like, think about it. Think about what you did at 18 and the stupid, foolish stuff you did at 18, but you just didn't even have the music this guy had, nor the, the, you had the community spotlight. He had the world spotlight. You know, so it's like, 
everybody at 18 years old gonna do some stupid shit and it's just like yo who what camera seen it right well frankly you're supposed to do dumb stuff when you're uh when you're 18 you know that <laughs> those are part of those those are part of the mistakes of life that that you have to work out if you didn't make any mistakes at 18 you would never you would never you'd never be a better person right no you wouldn't grow <laughs> yeah, exactly you know, yeah, imagine being the same person at, at 40, at 18. I think that's the great Muhammad Ali quote, isn't it? Muhammad Ali said, uh, if you're the same person at 50 that you were at 20, you wasted 30 years of your life. I said the same thing in the Instagram post. I said, if you've been in business 10 years doing the same thing in, t- in year 10 that you did in year one, you only been in business one year. Mm. There's some truth to that. It is true. Absolutely is. So we've been in business for one year. <laughs> Six months. <laughs> that is so. <laughs> Thanks. <That's fine. laughs> hey, man, my bad. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. John, do you have any like a uh, parting words or any kind of uh, advice to, uh, to, to, to move forward with? Um, one, I want to shout out Paul Mitchell. Um, they named me the artistic director uh, for the whole JPMS, one of the artistic directors for the JPMS company. So shout out to them. That's uh, much appreciated for the opportunity and, and the faith and trust that they believe that I could keep doing what I do on, on the next part of my journey. Um, shout out my wife. Shout out my kids. Um, and, you know, my whole family, everybody that hold me down and helped me out when I got these crazy thoughts and crazy ideas. Shout out to my whole circle, you know, and then part and part and words is, man, never give up, never stop believing in yourself, never stop pushing yourself to the limit. You never know how far you could get if you just honestly dig deep and don't worry about looking at somebody else's success and saying why I'm not there. Go get there and go past that person. Um, and it's all determined by how much you want it. If you want it, you're going to go get it. And if you don't want it, then stop saying you want it because you're confusing everybody around you. So if you don't want pressure from the outside people, then don't tell people what your vision is and just go make your vision happen. And so um, if I could give anybody those words, that would be that. And You know, no matter gay, lesbian, straight, transgender, nothing. Like if people don't like you for who you are, they don't need to be around you. It's your life. It's your bubble. You live in your world, and uh, I'm going to quote Scott Cole. He said, yeah, you can live in your box as long as the world is your box. Yes. And so, you know, that, you know, just be happy. Man, don't, don't jeopardize your happiness for somebody else's ego. Mm. I love that. Spot on, brother. So how, how can our, our listeners find you, follow you, be a part of what you're doing? Uh, I got a couple ways. They can find me on Instagram at popular underscore nobody. You can find me on my podcast, Spotify, Apple, uh, all of those Google play, um, the apex podcast, and then the website, www.thepopularnobody.com. Are there other popular nobodies? Man, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of people jump up and, and try to, uh, put their names in. Try yeah, to take your, yeah. Uh, your nobodies and make it somebody's. Yeah, it's cool because I got some legal stuff going to make sure that don't happen. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it, it's weird, man. I've just seen 
somebody in Atlanta had it. Somebody in San Antonio, Texas had it. And I'm like, wow, man, this is really. And then, yeah, it's just funny. I, I think it's flattering that somebody would think that my name was that important uh, to use it. So I appreciate the free promo, guys. <laughs> but I'm coming for my name, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like, I appreciate you guys' support. <laughs> thanks for thanks for building free merch for me. Right. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> awesome. John, the popular nobody, Mosley, thank you very much for hanging out with us. And thank you for joining us on your day Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>